Yeah. You don't have to praise anything. And for the people who choose that, because I don't know, maybe they're like the ancients are just misunderstood. People that shit, you know, spread that dark propaganda, <laughs> those dark, those dark. Don't, well, I don't know why you're squinting your eyes and I don't know why well, I know why you're laughing so much, but if you want to jump on in on that, please feel free to share your thoughts. Gentlemen. I mean, I, I agree. Like there's not, might not be atheists as such because yes. atheism like not believing in the thing, but if, yeah. you, if, if they bring an avatar down, and say I am the thing, and I'm going to attack you. You can't be like, no, I don't believe in you. You don't exist. Right, it's got, right, still yeah. going to attack you. Yeah. You can be like, I don't believe you're a god. You're just like a very strong being. That might make more sense for the atheist, atheist sort of side of it. But at the same time, I f- I feel like that's where the ancients were going. Is it's like you're not a god. You're just a strong being. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying for the people. I mean, you're who just, just like went a little too zealous. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Simorg. I'm joined today of returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back your Ashen Herald, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back everybody's favorite dark overlord sitting in the darkness now, Armitzel. Oh, Hello, hello. Uh, if this, I just want to call it out ahead of time. If he tries to make some sort of like correlation to our environments, it's bogus. And I already feel like that could be a setup. So I'm not going to say anything. I'm just putting it out there ahead of time just in case. Um, <laughs> but before we dig in, gentlemen and, and ladies and gentlemen, they're here watching live. Uh, Got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com. That is the community created website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames who are the supporters here on Twitch and over on YouTube. Uh, you know, thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Uh, speaking of this week in our show, as we're digging into episode 222, as we are calling this one Manifest Reality, uh, if you'd like to show us some love today, go over to our pinned post over at our Twitter, at Ashes Pathfinder. Right there at the top, you'll see all the podcast places, and I would encourage you to go leave us five stars, leave us a comment, and if you do, we'll read that comment here live on the show. Um, before we dig in on this, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, we're going to kind of keep it on on point to what we talked about we were going to do last time. But we do have some stuff in regard to dev discussions to talk about, uh, talk about as well today. So uh, why don't we just jump on in, and gentlemen, why don't we catch up uh, a little bit on our weeks and and what's been going on in our own world and and stuff and things. We'll hit Daedalus, Armored Cell, and, and then we'll kind of uh, dig into the topics. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, for me, just been doing some gaming on my off time. Like, uh, you know, me and my girlfriend have been um, digging into Grounded and had a lot of fun there. Um, looking forward to the rising. I've been running around in like our previous world, the uh, casting coffin. Uh, and uh, it's just been getting used to the controls again. But I <laughs> I saw like all the articles on that. And I'm yeah. just, I'm really stoked for that update. Uh, this all the new building stuff, the new magic stuff. There's like so much they're adding in it, and it's included. It's free. It's not something you just have to pay for. No, right? Even better. I like free. Heck yeah, man. What about you, Armored Cell? Um, I've been playing a, a new game recently. It's called uh, Raven's Watch. It's a bit like an isometric sort of, it's sort of like a um, if Dota met 
like a roguelike sort of mm-hmm. scenario. So you can play like up to four players with friends, okay. different classes, and then you've got to beat the end boss. But the, as you go along, you like collect and upgrade your loot for the next time you go around. Ooh, so like the different quests you can do, different items you can get. It's it's a good time. It's awesome. Sounds like you've been having fun. Um, yeah, man. dude. What have I been doing? Oh, I beat Hogwarts Legacy last week. Oh my god, that's such a good game. You know what I love though is that the side quests. They it reminds me of The Witcher Three. They the, the contracts and things like that you do in The Witcher Three, mm-hmm. like the side quests and stuff. They all stand up on their own. They're all good. They're all rewarding. Um, a really good time and a good experience. I'm gonna be honest. This week's gone by so fast. Um, I was talking to these guys about it, man. I've I have been going through and doing like some uh, just like quality cleanup revision to like the manuscript because uh, nine chapters going out to the homies, uh, Daedalus here, Armored Cell's wife, and a handful of others this week, Wednesday. Um, so I'm getting that out there so they can start chipping away at basically marking it up with all their notes that they're going to have uh, for me to clean up my shit. And then, yeah, I think another five each week after if I can squeeze in more than that, cool. Because draft's done it's just getting like kind of cleaning up typos and some formatting stuff making it read better even if i got to change it later whatever i just want it to be like a, a decent read so people know what's going on without you know having to constantly deal with something not being right about the the manuscript and you know when you go through your first time i i went through it pretty hard i'm not gonna lie a month and a half for 92 3,000 words that's kind of a lot in a in a month and a half right um so I needed to get it out because of content creation stuff. And um, yeah, and now I'm going through and kind of doing the cleanup and getting in their hands. And so I'm just going to say shout out to all the the secret readers over there for my project, for my set of books that are, I'm working on. Um, they're going to make that book the best it can be for my first novel, you know, and um, I feel fortunate because not a lot of people have individuals who are willing to like sit down and read their stuff and give them feedback and, you know, uh, let them take that to heart before they end up launching something. So, um, but I feel pretty confident that the the book's going to be out by fall, and it looks like we're in a perfect routine to have one every year around fall. So, until I get done with these things, so it's a pretty exciting time. Um, exhausting as hell too, because I'm juggling juggling all that with the show and the streams and all the all the other things. So, but I'm glad to sit here today because we are going to be digging in on Ashes stuff. And um, we've got some we got some things, man. Why don't we talk about the fact that we're going to be getting a developer live stream coming up this Friday? So as typical, if you want to get in your questions, go to their forums, go to the forums where you can do the question submission. You got till Wednesday and that'll be April the 26th at 11 a.m. Pacific and the developer live stream is April 28th at 11 a.m. Pacific. So in typical format, we will be meeting here to do a watch party, gathering your thoughts and questions, because as you know, in the following Sunday, we do our post live developer live stream talk and that ends up being a pretty good time uh, here on, on the podcast. So. Be sure to go get your questions in. Armored Cells had a pretty good op, uh, time of being able to get some of his his actually um, answered a, what, a couple couple months worth now, and it seems like here recently. I think it's three, three months in a row now. God bless, dude. I mean, it's what you get for asking good questions instead of them basic questions, not shaming anybody, just saying, you know, 
some of us want the meaty, <laughs> thick and meaty yeah. stuff. You some, know, some of us like the meat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why don't we why don't we talk about the um, the not developer livestream but the dungeon delving dev discussion real quick. This is a good one. I'm going to go ahead and share the link in chat for all of those that are here live. And I always say you want the best. You want the best experience of this podcast. It's great to listen to it. And it's great to, um, you know, to, to catch it on, on YouTube later. But being your lives where it's at, you just get the full experience. This dev discussion on Dungeon Delving is asking, on average, how long do you prefer a dungeon playthrough to take? Now, I think that's actually quite an important question. And uh, the reason for that for me is because I tend to, I don't like long dungeons. Like, I don't like having, real talk, I don't like to grind dungeons over and over and over and over and over. I get bored of that sort of gameplay loop, right? Some people like the grind. Some people like to go and they grind it out and they do it. And that's great. One of my concerns with uh, Dungeons and Ashes is actually that I may not really be that interested in it outside of like materials or something, but I'll, I, I do have my concerns that I'll feel very burned out of doing dungeons. And this isn't like, this is an ashes problem. This is a me and MMOs problem. This is universal to me and MMORPGs. I'll get in there usually one time to see it, to experience it, to have fun, to conquest the shit out of it. And then I don't really want, want to do it a whole lot after that. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of like good at that point, but some people like to grind that shit. So I'm curious for you all when it comes to this, how long for a dungeon playthrough, like where y'all, where are you guys at on that? Are you in chat? Let me know. Hmm. I mean, this is this is an interesting question because I'm used to I've like the last time I remember in playing an MMO where there was an open world dungeon was Dark Age of Camelot. I remember it was Darkness Falls, if I'm not mistaken, was the name of that. And honestly, like, I don't really have a lot of like great stellar memories of that. I honestly thought it was. um I don't know. I just thought it was a hot mess having it be an open world dungeon. So I'm kind of on the fence with how they, you know, with this question, like if it was an instance dungeon, I would say instance wise, probably like 30, 45 minutes would be good for me because it's something you can do relatively quickly. Um, you know, I've done the dungeon grind and been like compelled to do the dungeon grind, like in World of Warcraft to like, power level characters like one after the other and it just got me like i'm with you man it got me so burnt out i can't i would yeah. rather quest until my eyes bleed than do dungeons um over the same dungeon over and over and over right mm -hmm. or the same sets of dungeons over and over and over so like personally i think you know, like a good like is like 30 45 minutes and then if and and I, one thing that i like that they did kind of do in world of warcraft um has like they broke up dungeons into like wings i like that too because it gives you a chance maybe if you wanted to do like the whole dungeon then you could maybe do like part of it take a quick break or whatever like you know get your stuff repaired and so on mm -hmm. and then go back and do like a different part of it 
I thought that was pretty neat. I'm not talking yeah. about like the queuing system per se. It's just right. like being able to go to a different part of the dungeon if you've completed it the first time. But with open worlds, I I, I think you that might be maybe a little more feasible to do if you have like checkpoints or something. With that one, I don't know. I mean, I I, th- I think I would like the dungeons like we just talked about like having like meatiness in terms of questions. I would like the dungeons to be meaty. I would like a lot of exploration and so on. So I do feel like if they did pace it in such a way where like maybe each wing or part of the dungeon is like maybe like a 30 to 45 minute like experience where you have like bosses along the way, I think that would be good. Um, I think though that I don't know how realistic that's going to be when it is open world because you're going to be competing with others. So that's going to, by design slow you down right mm. potentially if you're not being collaborative yeah so a little bit of my concern is i don't want any sort of dungeon to be less than like 30 minutes but in saying that though i think they mentioned like the faster you do the dungeon the harder it gets yeah so i feel i feel like it sort of scales with that anyway so yeah. even if the, dun- the whole dungeon is like a 90 minute dungeon you might not need to get all the way to the end you might need to only get to like the first like mini boss in the in the dungeon or the second mini boss, so you don't need to go all the way down mm-hmm. to the depths to get that. But like that, obviously the loot will be teared depending on how far you'll be going. But mm-hmm. the maximum I'd ever want to be in a dungeon for is ninety minutes because that's like a big investment. Um, and it judging is. by like the the comments on the the dev discussion, that's uh, that's synergizing for a lot of other people as well. Ninety minutes yeah. is like. Like an hour and a half is like what they would like. Any more than that is sort of like a grind fest, whereas it's like you're in here for now nearly two hours and God like, bless. God, like, yeah, I'd get digging for a that, raid, but even then you yeah. need breaks and you're kind of coming back to do like the wing yeah. progression sort of style thing that you know, Daedalus, at least for me. Like, some some games don't do that, some are some some have different approaches, but to me, like. And you've got like a, a quarter of a, of a raid you're, you're working on one week or a day or whatever, and you're progressing through like it's I don't know, you know, like in a raid, there's there's a sense of an experience that you're working towards. this like very, very difficult thing. And I can yeah. see how they could implement that into something like these open world dungeons, because um, it reminds me a lot of like dungeon delving in games where like you know as you progressively go through the levels it gets more and more difficult you gotta have higher gear you gotta have you know better skills you gotta you know refine your trade your craft your sockets whatever enchants whatever the game's got built up right and you gotta like be stronger be better you know have the higher skill level to progress so like i can get that um but with an open world dungeon it's it's tricky because you've got that open world element too. And it's like, am I going to want to invest in something to progress on the PVE side of it, knowing that also that could be completely sabotaged by somebody. And I'm not being a care bear here. Right. But this, for me, this is a cost benefit analysis, right? It's as simple as that. When I look at the use of my time, I like to know I can go jump into something. Me and my homies can focus down and we can potentially make good work. Now, if there's constantly going to be this aspect of player sabotage in there to your progression, um, sure, that could be a gameplay aspect and element that we could tie into it and it could be meaningful and everything. But 
there, you know, but we don't, and I said this in chat too, to know how I feel about their dungeons in general and delving and in regard to like what time frame is good, I I gotta experience what you guys are going for here because I need to get in and see what your plans for your dungeons are. And Alpha didn't offer that, right? Sure, you could go jump into a place. You could kill some stuff and things. You could bubble her without. Sorry, you could divine. Um, <laughs> Ultimate defense. Yeah. You should know this. You made well use of it in Alpha 1. There it is. You, sure. Having flashbacks. No, I know. Control T isn't going to exist in the live game. Just saying. What's Control T? That was your teleport instant right to your back to a spawn point. But... Um, but that's like my perspective, right? Like I don't mind doing this progressive open world dungeon aspect and knowing that there's player potential sabotage and like really focusing on the, you know, the PVP aspect, you know, coordinated PVP open world element there as you're, as you're working on an open world dungeon. Sure. But like that, that reward, like, I don't want there to be like, I'm working on this thing with my homies for two hours and someone comes along and we don't get shit now. Like that yeah, progressive that would be total feels bad. Yeah. So you got to balance like time as one thing and also reward per tier of depth covered. Um, yeah. Also, and, and to have that be meaningful so that if yes, you do have to fight some fight with someone else. Yes. That fight could go on a long time. Potentially now you shift towards this is what's actually going on. And this now is on the side for another day because of time then this this whole combination of elements has got to be worth the squeeze. The juice has got to be worth the squeeze, if that makes sense, right? Like, otherwise, I'm not going to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go do other stuff where I feel like my time is better utilized and my progress in game is going to be more optimal, right? Which is kind of sad because then it's like, you you could get into a position where not a lot of people are really even caring about that component of the game, except for a specific niche of the community could be the PVP people. And that's also like a big cut out of your dungeon experience. So now it's like, well, if you get people to shy away and then the PVPers are primarily focused on it and then they realize not many people do it anymore. And then it, they don't want to touch it. And then you got like, now the PVPers aren't really touching it a whole lot. And now you got PVE people that aren't really caring to touch it because the PVPers kind of ruined it for them or whatever. And then you got nobody going and doing it. Because it's like, well, you know what I mean? There, there's that dynamic of you got to get in there and see how that plays out. 90 minutes could be good if the reward's great enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I would agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, somebody here actually said 12 hours max. 12 uh, hours? I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't spend 12 hours in a raid. 12 hours, like, I spent Like, I spent three to four hours in raid. And by the end of it, like, I was just, I was just, so burnt out right mm. and again i mean i'm that wasn't necessarily just a progression piece right because i could spend you know whatever time it's required for progression might if people are like handling their business but four hours is like about where i hit a wall um with anything yeah like, and mm -hmm. well it's just I get bored of doing the same thing over and over. So it comes back to, I'd also don't want to sit there and just keep PVP and these people back and forth two to two hours. It's cool for like half an hour. I can have fun with it, but I'll get bored, man. I'll always get bored. I'll be like, dude, this is like, ugh, I'm just, I got, I got stuff I'd rather do than this. Yeah. I'd really be interested to see like, like they talked in like 
talking a little bit about like how they're making things dynamic, like the faster you go, the more twists and turns you might have in terms of the dungeon. But I'm really just like wondering like what their initial target was in terms of like the dungeon experience and how really different those experiences would be depending on how quickly you progress. Because one of the things too, like you were talking about repeating content, which is why I suggested maybe like a waypointing system in these open world dungeons where if you like, maybe it's not, you just do it once. Maybe it's a few times you have to collect resources in order to activate a Mm. gate to the second part of the dungeon or something like that. Just so there's maybe a little bit of pacing there, not necessarily like, avoiding interaction with players but at least giving you some sort of milestone to progress to um and maybe there's rewards for doing the lower levels again at a higher difficulty Mm. or whatever but somehow balance it out so that you're not having to repeat the same content to me like having to do that is equivalent to the daily grind same for me at that point it like it becomes a job yep i don't i don't want to do phase one of the dungeon like over and over and over right yeah i just don't and that's why again right open worlds are a little bit different than say like your instance right instance you can kind of go on your own pace and so on but if it's like something where you know end to end you're like talking about four hours right in in maybe more bite-sized pieces Mm -hmm. that that is gonna be difficult for players to want to engage into based on like what you were saying cost benefit like even me like knowing i guess the only saving grace is they i know that crafting is supposed to be the best shit in the game right that was you know quotes from some from steven so that gives me faith to say okay well i don't need to spend my time living in a dungeon like i did in games like world of warcraft because i need that one piece to drop that doesn't drop for like months um, so I think that's good, but also I feel like it's, it would be nice to have a, like a balanced experience in a dungeon where, yeah, there might be some level of conflict, but don't make it so um, obnoxious and give, give some ability to checkpoint. I think that'll help people want to invest in that because maybe they're like, Hey, I've done this first part enough. I want to move on to the second part and really work that and kind of get that down, understand bosses and the timing and loot drops and so on those are the kind of ways i think they can balance the experience not just looking at total time and so i think there's there's other layers to this and and that's i'm i'm actually i wouldn't say disappointed but i'm actually hoping that they come back to this topic with a different set of questions other than just time right yeah what would incentivize you to do a longer dungeon or spend time in an open world dungeon like you know Mm -hmm. what kind of mechanics would excite you in a dungeon yeah Um, you know like for me it's like when they were talking about like all those different things that different classes could do in a dungeon to help you avoid traps and explore and reveal hidden areas that's what excited me about the dungeon experience i want to know more about that it's like Mm. what kind of things would here's like some examples of what we talked about what else can we do right could it be like honestly could it be something like what they did in hogwarts legacy where you had to solve certain puzzles to get to certain areas and it's more like a thinking thing than it is like oh i'm just i needed to like you know um 
I just need to kill this damage sponge and then move on, right? I, I want there to be like some level of exploration and maybe that be something you could potentially switch up depending yeah. on the difficulty too. Yeah, that'd be good. Like, if, like even that, like some class have got their own ways to like we're talking about exploration before, like um, clerics clearing out poison fogs, um, uh, rogues being able to see uh, hidden doors and stuff like these sort of things. I'd like that to be actually in dungeons, where it's like it's not just one like straight path, where there's just be like some side routes to, where you get like extra loot or side little uh, loot room sort of thing, where you like there's like, extra mobs and stuff that you don't normally get unless you have that sort of. Mm -hmm. uh, archetypal class that can get in there like i feel like that would be a, a good way to make the dungeon feel a bit more spicy if you know what i mean like instead of just being like a straight route like yeah take this one damage uh, damage sponge and next damage sponge then the main boss and then you can do it all again but at the same mm -hmm. time i also don't want the dungeons to be like less than 30 minutes where i'm cycling through the same dungeon no, yeah. 20 times in one session like I don't, I don't want to have like many dungeons. Yeah. I like it to feel like an experience, you know, and they have the potential yeah. for it to feel like a, a good and a rewarding experience each time, regardless of the different circumstances. Um, but I can't, you know, I couldn't tell you what is going to make it that way. I could just tell you from, you know, myself as a consumer, a player, like what's going to be good or not. Cause I've had open world dungeon experiences. None of them have really been that great. They've just been kind of like, a, you know, a loop you got to go to get a thing that you got to knock out. So an achievement's good and done or, you know, you get an item you need, something from in there, right? Like I've never had the experience myself. And, and look, it's very possible I've missed some games where, um, you know, that could have been the case. But for me personally, I'm just I'm not I've never had that experience yet. So this open world dungeons are one that I'm hoping that i enjoy and at last at least feel like it's a good use of my time to go do it and again that's going to be something that's very much dependent on what my own experience is right to another person their values and their their time and their you know cost benefits is going to look a little different some people have more time to spend and they'll grind out 12 hours a day and they could do that every day of the week if they want because they don't do anything else but play 12 hours a day but that's not the majority of people. That's a very specific, you know, uh, yeah. portion. So, so I think that just one last thing. If the only way I would actually do a dungeon longer than ninety minutes is if it was one of those things where it's like it could be short or it could be long depending on how you do it. Like think of like a Minotaur maze, where like, like the maze changes like every now and then periodically. So like you can get to the end dungeon, but it, the end of the dungeon and beat the like first boss, but it depends on how well you do the maze or defeat the like go the Russian route. That that would be the only like if it's mechanically wise that that's why it was longer than it normally is, because I didn't play my part or I didn't follow like the hints, clues, or directions that sort of would have helped me get there quicker. That would be that would be the only reason why I'd want to be in there longer. But that that's probably my last take on it. Like, if it was any longer than 90 minutes, I'd expect it to be, yeah. like, my fault, not the dungeon fault. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like there should be, like, major and minor experiences when it comes to dungeon delving. So you can't have maybe yeah. things that are, I don't want to say soundbite, because, mm. I mean, I, I think 30 to 45 minutes is a good, like, average. But that's not to say that I wouldn't, like, 
go into a dungeon and want to do a dungeon that's an hour, hour True. and a half, two hours, probably two hours would probably be max for me for a dungeon. Yeah. Um, I think I and, get and, that. and I think, and I think too, like, again, right. I, I feel like it's important that you also take into account that time when it comes to other players interacting. And I was just thinking as well, like EverQuest had like kind of an, I don't want to say an open world thing, but it had like instances where multiple groups could be in that particular dungeon, if I'm not mistaken. And that also like, there was just a lot of like, for lack of a better term, a lot of Leroy's in there that were, you know, pulling all the stuff and things and then like trying to wipe parties and so on. So that is something that I think they just need to be able to balance out and just having like, different ways potentially you could given progress bypass certain aspects of the dungeon or to your point uh, armored cell like if you learn like different ways to approach like different rooms or puzzles or so on then you have like an ability to be more efficient in that dungeon mm -hmm. but not again not make it be like a requirement or even have yeah. like events like they were talking about world events and how those trigger and how they triggered something with tower of carfin right yeah. i would feel like that could be a good way where you could open up maybe in an event some minor dungeons where people like there's aspects of the world that could potentially like um become available or open so that you can kind of have these smaller experiences versus delving into something that you know was much more complicated and much bigger of a time investment okay um, so you're talking like like many corruption areas that have like the corruption creatures like involving blood magic because of the event but not yeah the, potentially not, like or not, even not like like even like um like buildings that you could enter that you couldn't and i mean very basic thing but like something yeah. like um like a long time back, so like City of Heroes did like some Halloween thing where you could go in and knock on doors and depending on what it was a trick or a treat, you might like fight an enemy. Now, granted, that was pretty basic, but I would almost see like that. It's like you go to an area and then you have all these like rooms that open up that you can go in and like it's maybe like a, a mini dungeon or something like that versus like going into the tower proper and going through a full dungeon experience it might be like a couple of hours of investment depending on like how high you go up which again i'm still trying to figure out exactly what they're how they're handling the tower of carfin because at first i was like okay that sounds a lot like um oh shoot what was that thing that they did in shadowlands with the roguelite well anyway it's, oh. it kind of reminded me of that um and I was like, mm, I hope it's not something like that where you have to like start at the bottom and work your way up. And there isn't a way to make potentially like bypass because that was grindy as all get out. I mean, Yikes. it was fun the first few times, but then I was like, yeah, Torgast. Thank you, Raz. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. I was trying to remember the name. I, I thought Torg, but I was like, that isn't it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Torg. Yeah. <laughs> and it just like it went from being, oh, this is a cool idea to this is a freaking meme every time oh. you get in there. I know initially right. my brother played and he was like really digging it. But then after oh, a while, he was, was like this too. And then after a while, I'm like, damn, dude, really? Do yeah. I have to do Torgas again? Because I got to grind some nameless currency that they've just tacked on to yet another expansion. 
Ooh, sorry, that was a little <laughs> might be a little raw from that experience. It's okay, man. Need some creams, salves, salves, salves. <laughs> some some burn cream from getting burned by blizzard. <laughs> we, call it, we we call it the uh, blizzard the blizzard cream. <laughs> <laughs> Need it for that blizzard game. Yeah. Man, yeah, I do feel you though, man. And and I think the longest short of it is, is I, I just got to get in there and for me just see, because like 30 minutes could be totally a good answer for me. Uh, and at two hours, I could get behind too. But it really depends on the experience, you know? Like, you know, I, I saw like, I think Arthur was saying, like, it depends on who you go with. I'm like, that's like part of it for me. Some people can go in there with their buddies that they have the best time with. And, and it's, and even if it like just ends up being a rip, it's a good time. I'm not, I'll be honest. I'm a little sweaty when it comes to my, I'm a little competitive, you know, and I like to, I like to go in there and drop a hammer on fools or conquest something, you know, feel like I've gotten, you know, some sort of prestige that's earned out of my experience, but you know, it can't just be about the good times for me when it comes to playing a game. And I'll agree. It's it. I'll totally admit. I mean that it's, it's totally just the, the competitive person in me. So, but that's the way I'm built. We're not all built the same way, so uh, let's see. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the stuff and things that were on the agenda. So what do we mean by manifest reality, which is the, the namesake of today's show? So, okay, let's look at it. Let's look at it this way. Stephen me- mentioned that... Stephen mentioned that whenever it comes down to magic and, and quite literally a lot of things in the game. It's, it's a lot of, it's going to be manifested by the players and their decisions. This is something that ties not only into the narrative construct of the mortal coil, which we talked about last week, but it's, it's also ingrained in how the world's going to change. Okay. As well as to some degree, the magic system is what I've heard. Now this begs the question i think too that good old magic system they've talked about remember i talked about some of them things like you know mm-hmm. well we know that wielding blood magic something that might end up you know being in, in some storylines based on choices and that might have ramifications on your player well okay we know that there's we've seen elemental and arcane forms this is one of the questions but he also talked about was it what was he mentioned? The other magics he mentioned? Was it chaos magic? Chaos. Chaos was one of them. There you go. So there's some magics that have been explained that we haven't really heard about before. And and I'm wondering if when he mentions that blood magic could have ramifications on you, um, on your character narratively, if if this is going to be like blood magic planar magic was another one that was mentioned which we talked about last time with that character member the the mage that you know dipped out used planar magic and we kind of talked about the voids and all that check out last week's episode if you haven't uh got a clue what i'm talking about because it'll give you a really good yeah, she, she, she totally controlled mm-hmm. teed <laughs> control teed <laughs> and then <laughs> sometimes control teed will send you into a good place sometimes it'll send you into places you just don't know why you're there but I'm wondering if planar magic, blood magic, things like this are going to be concretely tied to the characters in the game, NPCs, etc., or if this is like somehow going to go beyond just impacting 
you know, you as a player in terms of story and, and something I think Armored Cell mentioned at, was in Discord. Maybe it was last week. At, the past seven days are a blur to me. They're all tied in together into today even. So, but I remember you mentioning something like subclasses. Yeah. So yeah, there was a recent interview with um, Margaret. Yeah. Um, on the uh, tangents. And, yeah. Yeah. Tangents. And um, but yeah. So she mentioned um, not just archetypes, but she said sub archetypes. Yes. As a not just, but she didn't say it in the reference of like classes and subclasses. She mentioned it as like a, a different archetype. So I was wondering if that was like, so it's not actually it's similar to like the conduit, you know, conduit changing. Yeah. Like there's also a mention of transformation magic, but there's no real class. Like, so she said there's like druid like. Um, archetype, but not an archetype as such. Right, not an so, actual druid name. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah, not 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 an archetype as in it's an actual slot, but it's more like a subcategory. So it's not like a mm. maybe in any class could, could sort of branch into it, but not. It, it was a it was a weird subject because I've never heard of a sub archetype before. So that that opens the question: Is this what that when you mentioned sub archetype? Is that more like? how the conduit changes and it gives you like a another ability which sort of changes mm-hmm. the archetype again so you, so you sort of branch off a little bit yeah i have a theory know, yeah going ahead i have one too i don't know whether we're aligned on it but it's like that when they kept talking about like depending on how you know much you work with a particular school of magic that you know has an impact on your soul and yeah your connection to the essence and so on. I almost feel like maybe they haven't gone into this yet because we've been so focused on you have a primary and a secondary archetype. Hadn't really thought of like similar to what they were doing with say like your skills and your um, crafting where the more you invest, you become like specialized potentially there's some bonuses as you specialize in a particular aspect of the tree and maybe there's more there that you can do with certain types of skills like if you're i don't know more focused on fire as an element for a mage um does that mean at some point your sub was it sub archetype is like you know pyromancer or something like that i mean i don't know Right. That's that's something that I honestly it's like. Interesting that they're potentially bringing that up. I don't know whether like that's what she meant or there was something else, Um, but that's like potentially what could be it. That's interesting. You don't often get a Margaret leak. Yeah, that's that's, that's why it's like, yeah, I'm going to post this in chat. So here's here's my understanding and what I'm theorizing, hypothesizing. It's not as complex, I think, as as we're thinking, right? Like, so you got your archetypes. It's your base stuff. You eight of them, right, to start out with. You got your classes, which are the, the your initial augmentation begins when you augment your class and or your archetype into a class. I think what she's talking about is probably going to be like subclasses. So you're going to have arch, archetypes, classes, and I think subclasses. And I think the subclasses is what she's talking about. I, and like aug, I think I think it's more basic than that. Look at it as just we'll just call it augmentation. 
That's yeah. what I think we're talking about here. I think subclass. Oh, like I think we're just talking about augmentation, but I think because they're not sharing on that yet, we're, we're not getting the details to really clarify. But my 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 intuition, my theory, and what makes the most logical sense to me is if. And here's a uh, point that antagonist brought up in chat, right? Which I I'm totally on par with this. I'm tracking you, and it's like when you think about. Uh, religion. And we've talked about this way back in the day. We're going to bring it back right now, which will be great for the worshipers, the cult worshipers alike to talk about today. <laughs> to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, know, so I would love that. But, but when you think about that, like think about religion, we know that your skills will have a visual effect that could change potentially, as a result of rising to the top of your religious order, your church, right? For whatever God you choose, whatever deity you praise, okay? And some of these could be a function that you can get some sort of a skills that are unique that you can utilize during uh, sieges of the node, for example. And when I, when I hear and I understand that, I think to myself, uh, this sounds like the modular design approach they're going to have with augmentation, right? I think that it's very possible that when they, when they mention blood magic can have ramifications on your character. I think that potentially, and I, and I don't know how deep this will go, it isn't a new thing, but this is something we've seen, but we don't see it all the time. And it's, hey, I made a choice. Something's now open to me that wasn't before. It's an option, and I think augmentation is going to be the perfect place for that for that option. I think we're going to see it with religion. I think we're going to see it with things like potentially, maybe not initially, but blood magic, potentially chaos magic, other schools of magic that haven't really been elaborated on yet. So I think that's kind of what is very likely to happen. So that makes sense that we could hear something that's like a druid but without a name, right? Maybe it's just skill variants that come through augmentation that allows someone who's playing a specific archetype and then a class to have some sort of an augment that's available to help them to sort of vary that up a little bit. Could just be visual appearance stuff. Could actually be slight augmentation to the way that it functions. I, I see both as being possible because both are outlined as potentially going to be there in the future. So, and that it's in a modular design. So it sounds very viable that we could get that. One well, other thing. Sounds, oh, go ahead. Well, just really quick. I just, I felt like there was a little bit of backpedaling kind of when mm. we had the Q and a, mm -hmm. we kind of outright asked Stephen about blood magic mm -hmm. and he was like, well, no, maybe there's some aspects of it that you'll be able to like have as a player, but it's not like a school. Right. And then legit, there was a, a post <laughs> on the 17th of April where they said, Hey, blood magic is a scary type of magic to mess around with. Saw that. Would you like to be able to cause havoc with blood magic? I'm, Wait, what? What's so you fishing for there. <laughs> right? Exactly. Did you just did, did the wheel start turning in Steven's head the yeah. minute somebody said, Hey, can we wheel blood magic? And he's like, but should we like not have that available except in limited? Maybe we want to make it more. So I'd be interested to see like how that came about and end up getting posted because maybe they got a lot of feedback based on that question. Um, yes, yeah, Stephen. it's interesting. Well, 
if you want p if you want the players like armored cell to really feel immersed in the game you're gonna want to have some augmentation i.e blood magic void magic for all those cultish things that are going on for all those dark packs that are made right you if you want and this and this is the thing right this may not be part of religion but for the people that like let's say they want to be remember that whole talk about you're gonna be an atheist well atheism is not actually a thing in ashes people say it is but atheism can't actually be a thing if the gods are real and you experience them right they're fundamentally going to be a fact at that point but you don't have to worship anything yeah you don't have to praise anything and for people who choose that because i don't know maybe they're like the ancients are just misunderstood people that shit you know spread that dark propaganda <laughs> those dark those dark don't well, i don't know why you're squinting your eyes and i don't know why well, i know why you're laughing so much but if you want to jump on in on that please feel free to share your thoughts John. i mean I, I agree. Like, there's not might not be atheists as such because yes. it's atheism like not believing in the thing. But if, yeah. left, if they bring an avatar down and say, "I am the thing and I'm going to attack you," you can't be like, "No, I don't believe in you. You don't exist." Right, it's got, right, still yeah. going to attack you. Yeah. You can be like, "I don't believe you're a god. You're just like a very strong being." That might make more sense for the atheist atheist sort of side of it. But at the same time, I f- I feel like that's where the agents were going. Is it's like. You're not a god. You're just a strong being. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying for the people. I mean, you're who just, you're just like went a little life. too zealous into this whole like thing about you know <laughs> cultists and magic, and then you had to reinforce it by changing the lighting. I'm like, wait, I was just, just trying know, to illuminate the a light in the dark. Fleeth when yeah. no one pursueth. You know what I'm saying? It's just, don't clip this, please. Don't nobody. No, we don't need this. We don't need this. You know it's gonna happen. You know it's gonna happen. No, 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 no. But anyway, uh, I'm just, I'm just trying. To, I'm not advocating as in the in a way that I'm like. I'm only advocating in the way that we as members of this round table advocate for players who want things. I'm not advocating that. I think this should be a thing. I'm just saying. I can see how those players would feel like you're missing. You're really missing, like leaving them in the in the dust in the dark. I mean, I'm saying. Are you, are you going to say you're rogue elves that want to wield blood magic? You're not going to dip your it's toes in and see what it's okay. like. You're not going to dip your toes in and see what it's like. On it all, like, oh, not on my main character. There's a difference. RP is true. Okay, my RP I mean, shows you have through. You got to put a lot of time into it. Dayless. Someone else coined uh, that term. All, all, I can, all, all, all I'm saying is somebody uh, just wants to bathe in the blood of their enemies, and it's you know only on all, sim. Only on on dark. Uh, never mind, dark master twos or whatever. Please, you guys, all day. <laughs> Look, man, I, I don't really know what to say to that except for it's just lies and slander, defamation of my character. It seems to be going around as of late, you know. Um. <laughs> All I can say to those people is walk in the light, homies. You know, it ain't always what people try to say it is. Daedalus, I'm not a dark overlord. Armored Cell, you're my homie, but that doesn't mean I'm guiding you in the ways of the darkness. That's a very nice uh, mage's outfit back there. 
bathed in the dark light I'm or gonna, the red I'm light. Print your face. I'm gonna print your face. And no, you're not, dude. No, you are not. <laughs> no, you are not. That's no. like a little dementia in the background. No, dude. You just that is like that's a whole that's a whole nother <laughs> whole nother level. I'm gonna see you getting ready for the show. Be like the slim the, the the small sim plushie that I've got on my desk. I don't feel like it gets enough of enough notice. I'm just yeah. gonna set up this robe and everything back here. Let's just every time I get ready to go live for the show, I'm gonna slap Sim's face on this decoy or whatever and get some little like yellow LED lights with like fog or something. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's like in the background, just just getting angry. Um, yeah, that's a fog machine like, behind that. <laughs> that's gonna be good. <laughs> Lightning going off like a storm is coming. Like just, yeah. Your background's progressing, man, into darkness. I, I don't. I mean, you got like z- electrical. Trying to match your background, dude. I don't have some of that stuff in my background. Okay, I have blue and red, right? Spectrums of good and evil, or light and darkness, or whatever it's all that's supposed to represent. It's not actually like in, you know representing me. Well, it's like, just like Max Windu, where you got like building both. Is that what you're going for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not what I'm going for. Okay, it's not. But you you know what this all makes me think of? Not the dark stuff, not the dark vibes that y'all are no. nonsense there. But what I'm talking about is the the questions I had about the 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 class sort of combat system, right? And and talking about the the hybrid system that they've been they've been talking about for a while. And it really does, it does make me wonder, because with that question, I heard that their goal is still to work on blending the two together, but there really wasn't like, there really wasn't sort of acknowledgement of of like the fact that more action oriented stuff was being, you know, integrated in as sort of potentially foundational combat stuff. And I didn't get to do a follow-up question either because the questions at the time are focused on getting him to just share whatever he can share about this greater topic. If I had had the time to actually kind of bounce back and ask the question, I've been like, okay, well, how come we're like going to have roll dodge mechanics only be included on some characters or classes, archetypes where it makes sense, but active blocking something that's potentially going to be there for everybody, you know, because to me, it's like, if you're going to have active blocking, I I just kind of think that maybe, active roll dodging should sort of be normalized as well but see when that happens you get more into an action system so i i don't know if there's like an a point of that that's going uh you know i I don't know if there's like a point of like trying to keep some of that withheld so that it doesn't veer too heavily into action as like the foundation of the game when they want a hybrid system you know, because yeah. then, then how much is going to be it? Because it's starting to feel like th- like it is an an active, or sorry, an action based system with tab components to it, to where tab orientation is something you can predominantly play. But if you wanted to rely on it, you're going to get you know, if you want to rely on the base, the base is action, reticle, locking, right, reticle for your targeting. It's all there unless you want to cue that stuff off in some degree via your skills. But it's but it's kind of for me that's it's it feels very like the Elder Scrolls Online, 
and there's like a lot about that I just kind of didn't care for too much. Where I'd yeah. much rather have just had a a more more uh, a more a more hybrid approach. Where they say that's hybrid, but really that's a very Elder Scrolls vibe. That's the Elder Scrolls vibe. You go play Skyrim, and then you jump into Elder Scrolls Online. You're like, feels like the same sort of stuff. Because I can yeah. go first person, right? I can use my reticle. Um, I can, you know, the tab target element, being able to utilize that in the game is definitely more MMORPG versus open world RPG, which they had. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that it, it feels different. We still haven't gotten a snapshot of what the hybrid systems look like yet either. You know? Yeah. yeah I, I guess it was hybrid, but it's, I don't feel like it's, it's, it's a really great hybrid example, you know? Yeah. ESO is a combat is a cautionary tale. Yeah. I just, I, I would not be happy if they went that route. Like I'm, I'm trying to remember Guild Wars two, and like how that played, because yeah. that was like initially what they reference as maybe like a starting point for them was Guild Wars two, and I know it had a combination of like action versus um, tab, and I think even frankly even Wildstar kind of had something like that too, if I'm not mistaken. I never played and that. That I was actually I I liked. It was a little little more involved, maybe mm. on the action side in Wildstar. But that I mean I I didn't hate it. Uh, it definitely took some learning coming from a very like solid tab MMO. I rarely played action MMOs really. Um, and so it takes them getting used to, but I would rather they lean on like tab versus action, or at least lean on a balance. And then there's, and really focus on risk and reward with those two. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's, I guess, I mean, I would love to see what they're going to do really in alpha two, like holistically, because <clears throat> we've only seen different aspects of it with different types in it seems generally it's fairly i mean it felt more tab than action to me honestly like when they were doing it but i didn't know what controls they were mashing in the background but it like felt like you could do like similar to other mm. games you could do like targeted aoe or you have like a template you put down and all of that like to me that's still tab it's not action um so in in a some sense, right? I mean, obviously, there's no in those area of effects. There's there isn't necessarily a tab target you're going after, but I know like if I think of something like um, City of Heroes, like they had some sort of those elements too. But you could do a certain keystroke, and your targeted spell would just go in a certain area, like in front of you that was designated, and that actually might be a good idea too is like if i wanted something you know to to cast it relative point blank range and i didn't want to have to spend time really targeting it i think that would be more efficient from a pvp perspective it might not be as elegant per se as like like fine-tuning where you put it but still i feel like that's kind of a potential option they could do too but yeah i'm i'm still on the fence on how much i'm gonna really use action if uh if it's a choice at this point i think if they stick with what they talked about like the skill shop perspective with action oriented skills you know yeah. like there's a higher reward you know meaning you can crit you know higher numbers you can like you know put a lot more damage if you've got the skill set to really land those shots you know i think that's to me the big thing and if that is there and it is present 
then then I think, you know, it has the potential to be really rewarding, you know. But if, if it's just sort of like you just are predominantly going to just burst people down even without that skill in action, then it doesn't really make action feel that rewarding to me. It just makes it feel like it's inherently better and you're going to want to lean to play that way as long as you keep your reticle on stuff. So, and I, we didn't get a good sh- a snapshot of that even in Alpha 1 either because... The stinking Alpha One, man, it was like you flip over to this clunky action mode, which was really weird. And then you had your traditional tab mode, but the tab was like pretty generic and not really very precise either, you know? So it was, it, it was, it was pretty, it was, it, of course, it wasn't representative of what they're going for. And they expressed that. And I get it. Um, but it's just like, man, I got to get in there and feel what this is going to be like, you know, because like I think consistency with tab targets great, but having the potential is like just really like put the pressure on somebody because you've got the skill in action to perform that way um, is really good. But I feel like also there's got to be like an offset, like I could go straight up tab. And if I stack and I put my stats a certain way, I'm also potentially capable of of at least sometimes landing that. But it isn't going to be guaranteed, for example, you know, better crit rate or something or, you know, penetration uh, stats or something like that. Um, yeah, I think just having that like variation and, and options for how you build your characters either way you might gravitate is important to mean to maintain both meaning being meaningful to to both different player types right i think that's that's the big the long short for me yeah yeah Mm. i think i'm there with you i just my only concern with having like a bonus for action i mean i still agree right there should be a reward for yeah you know that aspect of play i just don't want it to be so op that it's like Again, mm. the only way to really like make this skill work is to be in an action mode, right? Yeah. Um, I, I if it is a true hybrid, then it it should be kind of a slight advantage with the slight risk, but not so like OP that you know it's it's mm. vastly different in terms of performance if you've got the skill. I just feel like that's gonna just make it really unbalanced and turn that into a meta which yeah. um i'm not necessarily a fan of right and i'm you know i'm not again i'm not an action player and so that's probably not the most popular opinion but i still feel like it can't be so different that it's unbalanced and that's i think what they're planning to test and i hope they come up with the right balance that it's like essentially not a meta because that would make it pretty feels bad for me um to have to force myself to play a certain way because that's the most optimal i think it should be like with anything um even like what skills that i'm choosing right and different builds i want there to be like some trade-off risk and reward with any build so that you're not necessarily like always like locked into a meta build. I kind of equate the action hybrid piece as like having the potential to create a meta when it shouldn't. So I just want to point one thing out. So yes, I agree that the tab targeting should have a, a slight advantage in like skill shots and stuff. But at the same time, if you, if they try and balance 
that you've got to balance for the majority and not the minority that are like the shrouds or the big right, FPS yeah. If you balance for those people, no one's going to use tab. Uh, no one's going to use action combat because it's been balanced for the higher tier. Yeah, people. that's true too. So, so like even if they, so they're going to have to balance it for the majority. But then yeah. people like shroud and the big FPS shooters. Like if they start using action combat and you start being a ranger or something, and they're getting all these skill shots. Yes, people are going to say, "Oh no, action combat's OP." No, it's not it's because these guys are. Ungodly yep. of their accuracy, their yep. skill shots, and that's just how they are as people. That's their place. So, that's their that's their skill level, man. You know, it's like there's a lot of games like uh, Overwatch and a few other games that where they balance it for the higher tier, and what that does is it breaks it for the lower tier, and they don't use them anymore. Like they don't yeah. use those classes, they don't use those uh, uh, characters anymore because it's been balanced for the higher tier and not the lower tier. So people will still complain about the people who. Uh, very good at the um, skill shots because it's like oh no it's it's because of action combat but so that's that's probably the main concern is people got to realize that they got to balance it for the majority so it's fun for everyone to use action combat but also not make it so uh, people are one shotting if they got this well, not one shotting but you know what I mean like this every time they're hitting they're hitting crits because they're that skilled. Um, it's going to be a tough act to do. I yeah. feel like the first, maybe, I think the first month of Alpha 2 will be like bug testing, or not bug testing, but bug fixing, like major bug fixing. Oh, probably, yeah. And then and then the month two, three will be slight bug fixing as well as major combat changes. Because at that point, people will be like, hey, this doesn't feel right. or Because it's, you're now like a month or two in, right? So at that point, people will be like, hey, this doesn't feel right. This feels too clunky. Uh, why is action combat like this? Why is tab targeting like this? So that's when they're going to start maybe iterating some changes and be like, okay, we've done this. Like, I hope they do like really big logs, be like, we changed it by this percentage or whatever, so, so you can sort of judge and feel the difference. But it's going to be a very much a hands on experience because right now, I think we're, I feel like we're almost due for it. I think we might be due for a combat uh, snapshot before Alpha 2. I just don't know when that's going to happen. I mm. feel like we should be seeing one before Alpha 2, though. Yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of getting vertical slices for... with each of the classes, but mm. it's not really, like, it's not enough for us to kind of no. piece it all together. Nope. Yeah. And not I think all. one, maybe, I'll suggest an alternative here, because I see some stuff in chat about people saying, hey, if action isn't really, like, going to be, like, significant, then why play it to begin with? I think there's other ways you can do it versus it just being a damage bonus. I mean, you talk right. about maybe like a critical bonus. For me, it could be like a usage of resource bonus, meaning if I'm in tab, I'm using more resources. So, you know, yeah. I can yeah. blow my magical wad quicker and now I'm, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, is right? it really? Though? I don't mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then like if i'm using action maybe i have more opportunities to make those shots or or vice yeah, versa so right it doesn't matter but i feel like there's other ways you can balance it without necessarily like nerfing the damage or having it so significantly different in terms of damage uh, i think there there's other ways to do that i ultimately i just want it to be a balanced experience so it's not just so overpowered that their only way to play is this way. Right. That, I hate that about any design because that's lazy design. Okay. So, what skills are so over. 
what, what you say is action uh, combat people will last longer or should be lasting longer if they are maybe i don't know i don't know what the right balance is i'm just saying there's <laughs> other things to tune besides damage absolutely right? yeah and so that's why i'm saying is like make it risk versus reward may maybe action is if you don't hit the shot you have like an exhaustion bonus or something i don't know or do that with tab it doesn't doesn't matter because i think yeah there's some aspect of like if it's a guaranteed shot and it's gonna hit then yeah maybe it should do less damage okay that i'm fine with that but there's other things that might make it more lucrative to choose one versus the other depending on the situation depending on the encounter um there's just other things um yeah the risk is you missed a shot yes however right i just feel like just that isn't enough for me to really feel like it's going to be a balanced experience yeah. right because again you're going to have players that aren't going to miss the shot right and so you you can't necessarily like you know just focus on damage in my opinion i feel like there's other ways mm -hmm. you can balance the experience and make it just as viable like i said i'm not talking about right um you know nerfing players but you I'm thinking of like how can you mitigate the meta, and that's what I'm trying to I mean, make. You can't a really, point can't really dodge a melee attack if you're like using melee as action combat, and it's just a damage bonus. Why wouldn't you use melee combat as always action? Yeah, and I think the other thing too is like why I'm I'm still questioning the need for active blocking and active <clears throat> dodging. Right, I feel like that's just it's gonna negate. I mean, why have that if you have a tab, a tab spell? I could dodge all day and still get hit by the spell. So what's the point? Active blocking, I guess I could see, but active dodging, really? It's like, okay, you've got a mage. It's got a fireball, and they've got me targeted. I can't dodge out of the way. Maybe it gives me, I don't know, a dodge bonus, and potentially, like in other games, like you could miss a shot mm. because the skill check, I mean, I guess that's an option, but still, that would, I don't know, it just feels like we're trying to add so many other mechanics. Just get the basic like, yeah. hybrid down before we throw in active uh, blocking yeah. and active dodging and you get know, your whatever. archetypes and augmentation. Let's take a look at that and then see what's potentially capable of factoring in there. Uh, but I, let's see. Um, yeah, there's a lot of this. Let's see, like, active blocking is meant to be like the. Uh, melee version of the uh, dodge, like the dodge is more like dodging um, range um, uh, action combat, whereas the melee it's the uh, active um, blocking. I yeah. can see that's probably the only reason why that'd be a thing. You got to remember too that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna give like actual roll dodges to everybody initially. I'm still kind of on that point. I don't think active blocking is necessary for all. If you're not going to have active roll dodging be something everyone's going to have. Like to me, if you're going to, you're going to spread it all over, it, it's less meaningful to specific types of archetypes Ooh. where yeah. having, for example, the capability to actively block in a meaningful way, for example, a spell, spell chucker, right? I mean, that's like, kind of like really, but a tank with a shield. I mean, I get that. Like, you know what I mean? But you can make that all ability based too. And this is something we've talked about a ton. We could spend, a whole set of conversations on this, which I actually think we're going to probably devote one whole show next month in May just to talking about combat. 
the do's and don'ts, the wants, the desires, the the wishful thinking, the the you know the horror stories and the please don't let's not situations yeah. with ashes. So I think that'll be a conversation, not for next time because next time is going to be specifically talking about um, the post developer live stream stuff. But we'll pull from that specific chunks for the following uh, month that we can we can actually like you know stick to talking about um and uh I'll, we'll talk about that and cross that bridge when we get to, to it next week um but for now i think we're at a good place to wind this one down in regard to the stuff we wanted to talk about um i wanted to keep this one around an hour ish trying to do that with each show for a little while listening to the people on youtube and stuff who are like uh or like armored cell back in the day were like yeah. two hours man it's killing me i'm like ah let's try to keep it digestible keeps you want to come back for more and I think for now, uh, considering what information we're getting regularly, it helps us to spread things out um, so that each show's packed in charge of the goodies. So I'm going to let you guys go on ahead and prepare to shout out your domains. Uh, but I wanted to note one thing for everybody. If you, if you believe in charity and you want to support a good cause, I'm doing a charity live stream here on this channel on twitch.tv forward slash some more. If you're not, if you're listening to this somewhere else. Come tune in on this Thursday, the 27th of April, between 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time, Central Daylight Time. Please do tune in if you got a you know a, a, a desire to like support charity. I'm doing a charity drive for pancreatic cancer through Pack One. We're gonna be doing that for five six hours. I've tied in some of the goal objectives to be giving away some of the merch that could be getting you a Pathfinder shirt if you want it. Might make some merch specific to the the event. Um, I've got game giveaways. I'm gonna give away Hogwarts Legacy if we hit that milestone. And uh, periodically through there, I've also got lore discussions for my own world and my books and stuff so if you're interested in that all the way up to if we hit the 1k mark which is the cap of the goal i will read the prologue live that day for everybody that's here so it's kind of cool for the people who aren't readers if you want to get a taste of the world and the story i'm doing and more importantly if you want to support a really good cause because uh pancreatic cancer is one of the not only lowest survival rates for cancer but it's also um unfortunately one of the most underfunded so Get in here, join me on Thursday if you want to support a good cause. But I'll let you guys go in and shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on this show, Daedalus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Ashen Herald. And Armored Cell. And you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Armored Cell. And friends, much love to y'all being here today. It's always a pleasure to have you all here when we're chatting Ash as a creation. We're going to be back next week, same time, same place, same Pathfinder time, same Pathfinder place, which is right here. Um, we love having you here. And uh, at that point, remember, we're going to be coming in after the developer live stream, which is this Friday at uh, 11 a.m. PDT over on ashes of creation twitch you can join us here live to watch it but either way friends have a great night walk in the light and remember you don't have to just be on this round table to be a pathfinder it's literally every one of you who joins us here both for the show and on all the places much love to you to intrepid studios and friends have a great week we're gonna see you here next time bye for now everybody take care everyone hey guys